Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Welcome to podcast number 84. This is your co-host Jay Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma, and our senior contributor Eric Burgess, aka The Burge. Fellas, welcome in. Welcome in to the NFL Draft Podcast. It's Draftsmas Eve, right? Like we're, we're on the home stretch. We're you know, a couple of days out of, uh, out of the draft on Thursday. Can't wait. It's been too long. Can't, I've been looking forward to this all day. Like, work was shit. But I'm like, I just got to make it till like, 9 o'clock. Going to record. Can't wait. It's been too goddamn long. You know, I've been I've been toying around, watched, you know, first round coming up. Last year, I watched, I think, maybe an hour and a half before I had to go to bed because I had to work early in the morning. And this year, with, with my favorite team, I know we said it was going to take five minutes to bring it up, but with the Patriots picking at 15, I could stay up and maybe see a pick here. I am just dreading the fact that I'm going to stay up and I'm going to get the signature trade back on it. You yeah, know, yeah. I, that's going to be a heartbreak, and let's just hope it doesn't go that way for my sake. I'll be pissed. Yep, yep. Um, so Podcast 84, we're going to hit on a few things. Uh, we're going to talk about certain players, uh, stock that's rising, some players that stock is falling. We'll talk about the curious case of Justin Fields, um, some trade-up candidates and some trade-down candidates. But before all of that, I got two things I got to get to. First thing, Puma, congratulations. You and Mrs. Puma finally got hitched. Uh, you are taken off the market. So congratulations, yep. sir. Yep, I, I signed a lifetime lifetime contract uh, to, uh, to to Tara Evans. I, I got I got drafted, and uh, you know I don't have to worry about a fifth year option being picked up. I uh, I, I got the lifetime deal, but uh, no, it, it's uh, it's great. We we got married on April Fools, and we like really didn't <laughs> think about the date. We're like, hey, like we got a courthouse, we got a date at the courthouse for the wedding. It's Thursday, April first, no big deal. I'm like, oh, like that's on opening day for baseball. Like that's that's kind of cool. And then when I started texting everybody, being like, oh, my God, we finally got married and sent pictures of us uh, after we got hitched. They're like, Brennan, are you fucking with me? Like, this is, a- <laughs> is this an April Fool's joke? And I'm like, no, I swear to God, like, I'll take a damn picture of the wedding, like, the, the wedding certificate if I have to. Like, let, let's do it. But no, for, for the first, like, 15 people I texted, they all thought I was just messing with them. Like, nope, this is legit. I swear to God. <laughs> But, the yeah. permanent, the permanent plunge. Gotta love it. Oh yes, oh yes, it's great. It's great. Well, I'm, you're not a free uh, agent I'm the anymore. Lucky guy. No, not f- got a lifetime contract. Lifetime contract to Tara Evans. Couldn't be well, happier. Yeah, listen, I'm happy for both you guys. I've known you guys as you know individual friends, and I know you guys as a couple. But it's really great to see um, you guys as a couple. It's it's pretty special. So congratulations, man. Life of happiness, and uh, you know we'll see where it goes. Oh yeah. Um, the second thing, Puma, I want to, I want to throw out a, a wager. Um, you know, the draft's going to come up on Thursday night and I want to put the over under at 32, the amount of times that Burge is going to say chestnut checkers when, oh, uh, God. when the draft is going on. I'm on the over because I feel oh, like every single too. pick, every single pick that's going to happen, Burge is going to be like chestnut checkers by, by Belichick. Chestnut checkers. <laughs> He, tra- he trades back for three Arby's gift cards and an iTunes gift card. Chestnut checkers. Listen, come on now. Now, now, just because you said that, I hope you're betting the over because I'm going to do it just to piss you off. Jack- yes. Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Gar- oh, that is just quintessential chestnut checkers by Belichick. He wanted Trevor Lawrence to go down to Jacksonville. That's going to help out the Patriots. 
Get ready for the group chat on Thursday night. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus. I got to double up on the whiskey at the house. <laughs> Belichick, after a 7-9 season where he needs to improve the roster, trades away his 15th overall pick, Chestnut Checkers. What if he trades up? What if he trades up? Or if he trades up, that's definitely Chestnut Checkers, okay? All right, so thank you. Give, but, give it but, a little bit here. Let's go. But if he trades back, then it's Chestnut Checkers. <laughs> Do you really think we get that hashtag? Right now? Can we get that hashtag going on Twitter? That's uh, well. Well, my favorite response checkers. always to that is when Phoebe uh, is playing uh, checkers. I always love sending that back because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh man. I'm literally sitting over here shaking my head right now. Oh yeah, I can I can feel it. I can feel it through the headset. Yeah, I feel like I should pivot off this quickly before it becomes a thirty minute rant. <laughs> it might. No, don't worry. We're gonna take a break for five minutes and then I'll go back to thirty minutes of ranting. I love it. This is what I needed. This is what I needed right. in my life. Let's jump into the draft. Let's talk about some players whose uh, draft stock is rising. Every year this happens. You know, some people call it the lying season between the uh, end of the regular season and before the draft happens. Lots of things get thrown out there. Some people shoot up the draft board. Some people fall ridiculously. So, Puma, in regards to some draft risers, um, who is that one player that you think, man, that, is, that stock is rising like no other? I mean, I, I don't know what, like, I just, I, I have, I guess you could say PTSD from, you know, any quarterback out of Alabama, but, like, I just, I don't see it with Mac Jones is why mm-hmm. San Francisco would mortgage all their draft capital in the trade that they made with my Miami Dolphins to trade up to three to take Mac Jones when he was probably going to be there at 12. Like, I just, I, I don't understand it. If you're going to make that move for a Justin Fields or, you know, a Trey Lance, I, I can understand that. But to, to make that move for basically like, you know, a younger version of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 or hand the ball off 35 times, I, I, I don't understand it. But the, uh, the other guy too, um, he's kind of chalky, but it's uh, Penny Sewell. And I say that just because we all know that he was going to be one of the top offensive linemen to go, but we just didn't know what team he was going to go to. There was a lot of rumblings that Cincinnati would take him, my Miami Dolphins. I would love Sewell to be on my offensive line. But when you then see the uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals uniform release, and then you look <laughs> at Joe Burrow's you know, scar from his, from his ACL surgery. And I mean, it still looks, Jay, you said it yourself, like it still looks swollen. That tells you everything you need to know. It's either you're taking Penny Sewell or you're taking the offensive lineman from Northwestern. But I like Sewell a little bit more because he's also trying to play both sides of the line. He can play left. He can, he's been playing a little bit of uh, the, you know, the right side of the offensive line. He's been working on that uh, during his pro days. So I think he's the, the chalkier pick that's been rising, but I, I really love Penny Sewell. You guys seen that meme going around um, with the Bengals with uh, Joe Burrow throwing the ball to anyone, Penny yep. Sewell protecting him, and then and yep. then him not having yep. Penny Sewell getting decked? Yep. That yeah, makes a lot of sense for the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, and then the second one there, there's uh, there's Jamar Chase sitting out there, and the ball's hitting him in the feet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> It's like, do you get him a weapon or do you, get, you yeah. or do you protect him? I think that's yeah. an easy choice for the Bengals if it was me. Yeah. Um, Birch, who do you see as somebody that's, you know, kind of rising up the draft board? 
So I, I was also going to go with what with what Puma said about about Mac Jones. I mean, all you're hearing about him over the last month or so is how he has significantly improved his draft stock. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, I agree with you, Puma. You don't I don't think you make that godfather trade to trade up to get Mac Jones. But at the same time, I think they made that trade to get up there to basically have their pick of the litter after mm. the top two picks. That being said, Mac Jones has definitely risen over the last month or two. Let, let's be honest. Like, we were talking about a borderline first-round pick, I think, the last time that we were on this, uh, you know, recorded this podcast. He has jumped right up there, probably going to be a top-ten pick. And, you know, whether or not you agree with it, it's probably going to happen. Uh, the other one for me, who maybe I'm a little bit on the outside looking in on this, is Kyle Pitts. I don't think anybody yes. expected him to go – you know, as high as, you know, in the top eight of this draft. But mock drafts nowadays are, are talking about him going number four to Atlanta, and it's because yeah. Atlanta has met with him multiple times, and, you know, they, they see a real fit there. And he he's being described as a generational talent at mm-hmm. the position. So for me, it's Kyle Pitts. I would have loved – you know, I remember right after the season we were recording on here, we were like, we love Patriots to take Kyle Pitts at, at 15. Maybe he's going to be there. Maybe he's not, but he's going to be close. Now there's no chance. He's going to go probably. I, I really think that Atlanta is going to end up taking him if they don't if they don't trade the pick. Uh, I, you took the words right out of my mouth, Burge. Kyle Pitts is a guy for me that while, you know, granted off the bat, I'll admit he is an absolute athletic freak. Um, the guy is a tweener between a tight end and a wide receiver. It really reminds you of Calvin Johnson. And I do think he'll be good in the NFL. But when you start throwing around words like generational talent, could, like, you know, some people are putting him in, into the Hall of Fame as a tight end. Um, stuff like it's a can't miss. I mean, there's no such thing as a can't misses in the NFL and nope. the NFL draft. So when I saw that Kyle Pitts was being talked about that way, I was like, like yeah, I get it, he's good, but let's not like lose our shit here, right? Um, so I, he's definitely you know going up the, the the draft board, and then obviously the chalk pick for all of us, Mac Jones. I don't get it. I mean, I still believe that if they moved up and gave up three first rounders for Mac Jones, I think that whole staff should be fired. Um, I think the owner of the 49ers should look at his staff and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Because I still don't see it. I think I think Mac Jones is a... Listen, put it this way. You know, Mac Jones was the bridge guy between Tua and Bryce Young for Alabama. And the 49ers are going to give a three-first-round pick to make him the franchise quarterback. A bridge guy for Alabama. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I think it's ridiculous. I think his ceiling at max is a Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't think he's going to get into that stratosphere of like the lead passer that Drew Brees or Tom Brady was. Um, but I, it also goes back to the fact that I think Kyle Shanahan just has some serious disdain for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if it's just, you know, his injury history or whatever it is, but he seriously wants to get off of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as soon as possible. And he's taking a quarterback in Mac Jones that I will admit is, you know, ready to go as soon as possible compared to the other three quarterbacks um, with Zach Wilson, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Yeah, what was up with that press conference today from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you, they're going up to get a starting quarterback. Like, they, you know, basically throwing Jimmy G to the dogs on that yeah. press conference. And just to give some context on that, the exact quote from Kyle Shanahan today at today's presser was, uh, we could have sat there at 12 and waited which one come to us if one did. 
but we we made a decision that we felt we needed to get a starting QB. We wanted to dictate it. We'll get the one that we feel is best for us, which is when I read that, I was absolutely floored, man. That's like flat yeah. out saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a starting quarterback. I mean, I've always thought that deep down, but for the head coach of his current squad to say that, I mean, that's that's kind of a big indictment. It's also a big, uh, big knock on his trade value. Should they decide to actually trade him, mm, in yeah, my opinion, you know? Yeah, yeah, not, not a good move by Cal Shanahan because I mean he should be going out there, you know, singing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's praises today. Um, who knows? Maybe the Patriots bite and give him more than they actually should be. But uh, I think it was just a, a a badly worded statement from from Kyle Shanahan in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Patriots were going to make that trade where they're going to overpay for him, it would have already happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that, that that price is going up at this point. Yeah. Um, any other uh, draft risers? Should we move on to uh, the draft uh, the draft stocks of uh, some players that are falling? I think that kind of puts a button on the risers. Okay. Yeah, I talk, think those are the two big ones. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the players that are falling off the uh, the draft boards and. And I'm sure down the road we'll talk about Justin Fields, but is there anybody else that you guys want to get to before we hit on Justin Fields? The only one I can think of is is Devonta Smith, and really I think it just comes down to his size. Like everybody is freaked out about how what his measurables were for for weight and, and for for his height. And yeah, I get it that the guy looks like a a string bean, but I mean the guy plays like an absolute savage. He has incredible tape. He can stretch the field. He's a burner. He can do almost every everything in the route tree. Um, I, if anybody like the, a lot of teams have like the Giants mocked to taking Devonta Smith. Joe Judge has been reported today. I believe it was Jason Lockenpour of CBS. He was saying that. Joe Judge is very high on Devonta Smith, but Dave Gettleman is kind of leaning towards, you know, an offensive lineman or a linebacker. Um, I think Joe Judge has enough cachet in the Giants organization right now. And you saw Dave Gettleman spending a little bit like a drunken sailor this offseason with bringing in um, uh, Kenny Kenny Galladay on a, on a free agent contract. You know, I, I love me some Sterling Shepard, but he's not the guy. Um, so if you pair... Kenny Galladay with a Devonta, uh, Devonta Smith, I, I think you're going to be in good shape. So I think his stock going down is going to be playing to the advantage of the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about Justin Fields. Um, for me, that's that's the play. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think everybody's just going to say Justin <laughs> yeah. Fields. So, like, I yeah. just threw out the other guy. Yeah. But let's just go to the, 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 the curious yeah. case of Justin Fields. Exactly. I, I cannot remember the last time I've seen – a prospect take this much of a beating in, in regards to the hype building up to the NFL draft. So Justin Fields is a quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, last year before the season even started, it was projected it was going to be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields as the one and two. Um, the season happened. The college football happened. Um, for the most part, he had a good season. He had one bad game. That was the Indiana game where he threw three interceptions. And then he had a secondary subpar game against Northwestern, the Big Ten Championship game, where for the most part, I don't put that game on him just because I believe 17 players were on the COVID list for Ohio State, including uh, his offensive line, two players off the offensive line, and his top two receivers. So I'm not really putting that on him, but certain people are using that against him. But, you know... After that, he went and took took care of business against Clemson. Um, we all saw on national TV. He took a massive shot and still came out slinging. Um, but for some reason, 
the the draft lead up has led to a lot of nitpicking uh, of Justin Field, and I don't understand it. I still think he's the second best quarterback after Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm a Lions State fan, but for some reason, I just don't get it. When there are other concerns about other quarterbacks, is in regards to Mac Jones, who's at two DUIs, which nobody brings up, in regards to Zach Wilson, who's at two major surgeries and one on his thrown shoulder, which nobody seems to bring up. But for some reason, there's something in this kid's past, in Justin Fields' past, that the uh, the scouts don't like. Um, and they're starting to pick at him uh, in regards to that. So uh, I, I'm terribly, um, I'm on the on a pissed off side about it, truthfully. I think he's getting Deshaun Watson, because um, Deshaun Watson had that same sort of like, uh, you know, uh, falling down the draft board when he was coming out of college. So what do you guys think about Justin Fields? What do you think is driving all this, like, you know, speculation and just this haterade going around? Well, Jay, I was going to ask, like, can you kind of give us a, a synopsis as to, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, there was a you know air quote story that came out that people were questioning Justin Fields' love of football. Like where where does that come from? Like because I never so I don't follow college as much as you do, and this is an Ohio State guy, but mm-hmm. I've never heard any questions of that prior to last week. Well, the three main knocks on him that somehow came out of nowhere was he doesn't love football, he can't get to his second read, which is absolutely ridiculous. And he's not a hard worker. Those three seem to be the lingering, you know, point at Justin Fields for not taking them in the draft kind of, you know, trade. So I don't know where it's coming from, truthfully. If I had to speculate, if I had to guess, I think some of these coaches, these NFL coaches, are talking to Georgia. Because before Justin Fields came to Ohio State, he was he actually went to Georgia. He sat behind Jake Fromm for a year, and then he transferred out. Um, it was very hush hush about his transfer to Ohio State. There was rumblings of something racist happening where he didn't feel comfortable in that program. Um, and then he came to Ohio State and obviously lit the world on fire. But if I had to guess, I think these NFL teams are talking to Georgia, and that coaching staff still hasn't let that go. And I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. And obviously, that's just me speculating. That's not you know informed. Nobody's ever said that. But I, I can't make I can't make you know I can't make sense of this. I truly don't know what's happening here. Yeah, for me, like, yeah. like he was a he was a top top two pick, you know, going the whole NFL season, the whole college season, he was the projected number two overall pick, and I can't imagine like what all of a sudden has come out to where he's he's now. You're not talking about him dropping out of the top ten, like I I, I can't I can't fathom it, but as a Patriots fan, I love it, so mm-hmm. leave it at that. I would love nothing more for Bill Belichick to somehow land with Justin Fields because I believe those two together could be absolutely lethal. The fact that he, uh, the fact that Justin Fields is about 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds and still runs a 4'4", that is, is absolutely insane. He has a cannon for an arm. He can drive the ball downfield. He can read the field really well. Uh, I mean, you pair him up in that office with Bill Belichick and the way they scheme and Josh McDaniels, I think I think we are, as a Patriots fan, we're, gonna, we're talking about Super Bowl number seven. Listen, like I was, I was very low on Justin Fields the whole NFL season. I was on record saying it on the podcast, but I've come around on him, and he's like, he's the one guy that I would be okay with them trading up to get. Mm-hmm. The one guy out of these five, obviously, exclude Trevor Lawrence, but if he's if you the one guys, guy that I'd want to to trade up for. If you guys watch Justin Fields pro day and you watch him running his forty yard dash, he actually stumbles in his forty yard dash. That four point four four that he ran. It could be faster. And, 
you know, there's actually a meme out there, uh, an actual picture of the Ohio State leaderboard. So in the facility at Ohio State, they're all about competing, blah, 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 right? And they stick the best metrics of a certain, you know, um, test on, on the board, right? And one was a 40-yard dash, and it's all like 4-3, four, 4-3 three, four, three for the wide receivers, 4-3 for the running back. And at number five, Justin Fields ran a 4.39. Obviously, it was unofficial, and it was at Ohio State, so you know it was you know using their equipment, not the NFL equipment. But running at four three nine is absolutely blistering, and the fact that he's six four and can drive the ball downfield, I'm just praying somehow he hit he ends up around seven or eight around Detroit or Carolina, and somehow Belichick goes up and takes him. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah, and and I was just gonna say too, Jay. Like I. I'm not the, I mean, it's it's well known. I'm not the biggest Ohio State quarterback fan, and it, it's the same for Alabama too. And I, you know, I gotta I gotta deal with Tua Tagovailoa on my team. Uh, hopefully, he he kind of betters himself this season with an actual training camp and him being the air quote QB one. But back to Justin Fields, I, I think a lot of this I said it before in the group chat is kind of the stock exchange version of shorting a stock like we we can look at justin fields as a company right we can look at him as a healthy company he's been he's been improving his brand he has a lot of starts under his belt he's got a great pedigree but you have these people that want to short that stock to drive that value down so then they can kind of buy back on the cheap and i kind of feel like that might be what some of these teams are putting mm-hmm. out there to the peter Schragers of the world the lock and forest the priscos the ryan wilson's all those people where they're putting it out there saying hey i don't know about this justice field guy or hey dan orlovsky you know i don't know about this guy he's not he's not getting to that second read you know, we're kind of throwing this guy under the bus, but I think some teams are using that to their advantage to drive the stock down, maybe like a Carolina. They don't want to trade up. I know they just picked up uh, Sam Darnold in a trade, but they haven't picked up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option yet. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that they could just pull a plot twist and take Justin Fields out there and have these two guys duke it out in camp. So that's kind of my theory. They're just trying to drive the stock down. <clears throat> But my hot take, I guess you could say bold prediction, is I think all the San Francisco, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones is a a ginormous smokescreen. I can see Justin Fields being, you know, the man behind the curtain going to San Francisco at three. I just, I can't see him going past that. That's an interesting point. I want to elaborate on that, but... Don't you think that San Francisco is already in a power position here at number three that they don't have to do all this? I mean... Unless, unless in your scenario, then that means the New York Jets are also hot yeah. in Justin Fields and San Fran yeah. is shorting the stock. That's mm-hmm. what I. That's what I think is going on. I think that the, I think it might be the 49ers pumping this out there, trying to get the Jets to not mm-hmm. take him at number two, and try to get them to you know make a colossal mistake like they that they're notorious for making. And it, I think that it very well could be the 49ers that are doing it. I mean, we I, saw I this. We that. saw this. What was it like the 2017 draft with Mahomes and Watson and Trubisky? Like mm-hmm. San Francisco was picking at number two, and they spooked the Chicago Bears into thinking that they were going to take Mitch Trubisky. So they mortgaged all their draft capital to move up one spot to take Trubisky, and San Francisco took Solomon Thomas at four at, at number three. 
Like, this is not beyond the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if they are just trying to short Justin Fields' stock, make the Jets take the the nephew of the guy that founded JetBlue and has all these character <laughs> questions. And, you know, depending on who you ask, may or may not have been a team captain at BYU who hasn't had a quarterback since Jim McMahon in the 80s. So that that is why I think it's all a ginormous smokescreen, and it's going to be Justin Fields at number three. What, what I don't understand is how can you go and take a guy like Zach Wilson over Justin Fields? Because Zach Wilson played in a shit conference. Please do not come at me with the Coastal Carolinas and the BYU competition bullshit. They played in a shit conference. On top of that, there's a lot of rumblings that he's not the best leader. Like, I mean, the guy seems like he's a spoiled brat. He gives off Johnny Menzel vibes hardcore. On top of that, he comes from money. Like, I, I truly believe that Zach Wilson isn't all that. Coupled out with the fact that the guy has had two surgeries, one on his thrown shoulder. I mean... Like, I, I seriously don't understand how Justin Fields is going to go after Zach Wilson. And the fact that Justin Fields was out there. I know, I don't know if you guys paid, paid attention, but one of the main reasons the Big Ten actually had football this year was because of Justin Fields. His leadership, being out there, talking to NBC, ABC, you know, is one of the main reasons why we had college football in the Big Ten. Him and Trevor Lawrence. he doesn't love football. Well, listen, him and Trevor Lawrence were the two guys out there. Trevor Lawrence was being the drum for the ACC, and uh, Justin Fields was being the drum for the Big Ten. And and I just cannot fathom that this guy is going to go after all these players. I understand about Trevor Lawrence. I understand that he's the, the best quarterback in this draft. But Zach Wilson? Trey Lance? Like, Mac Jones See, with his fucking two DUIs and fucking Pillsbury Doughboy body? Like, I mean, I don't understand that shit. I really don't, man. Like, you should I, be rooting I, for it. You should be rooting for it. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, part of me is at this point just accepting and rooting for it. But like, as an Ohio State guy, as a guy that's watched him for two years, you know, in my mind, he is the best quarterback in in Ohio State history. Obviously, he doesn't have all the gaudy stats, or he doesn't have a championship to show for it. But just what he meant, what he got the program through, um, especially in this COVID year, it, it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What kind of drives me nuts is. You know, when they when they start putting Trey Lance at three mm-hmm. over Justin Fields, and it's like Trey Lance has about as many starts as Mitch Trubisky had at North Carolina. Like that's I said this on the pod the last time we recorded, and I just I I can't he, he is super raw and we, Jay, you've said it yourself. If you're taking a quarterback in the first round, definitely within the top five, that That's dude hard. is not holding he is not holding a clipboard. Like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's gonna be by week six, it could be by week three in the case of Daniel Jones a few years ago. If you're drafted that high, you're ready to play, and everybody to a man is saying that the talent is there for Trey Lance, but the guy is super green. And let's not forget, like besides the pro day or the pro days, because he did too, he played one game last year as a showcase, and he didn't even look that great. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're all going off of, like, tape. It's almost like the Jordan Love conundrum of, are you going to get the 2018 version of Jordan Love, where he was, you know, top five in the country, setting passing records and all this? Or are you going to look at the tape of 2019, where he didn't have anybody, and he was kind of doing everything on his own? But at least Jordan Love had more starts than Trey Lance, in my opinion, and I just don't see him going. I can't see him going within the top five and holding a clipboard. Yeah, for me, if you're going to say that, you might as well put Kellen Mond ahead of of Justin Fields and just really double down on that. 
yeah, like like for me, like I would rather and Jay, you're probably gonna disagree with me on this, but I would rather have Mac Jones over Trey Lance. If my if the Patriots are gonna trade up for somebody and they they're gonna have if they do it, I would too. I I would, I, I would take Mac Jones over Trey Lance. I want nothing mm-hmm. to do with Trey Lance. I would I would much rather wait and get Kellen Mond later in the draft. Yeah, at least Mac Jones played in the SEC. I, I respect that, and and this just goes to the point of. I truly believe some of these teams have no fucking idea what they're doing. I truly believe some of them just throw a dart against the board and like, you know, we're going to take this guy because how, in what world does it make sense that, that Trey Lance has played one game this year, one, while Justin Fields went out there, played a Big Ten gauntlet through COVID, went on the national stage, took down Clemson, a Brent Venables defense, and then against Alabama, still put up a good showing where Alabama was just a superior team and it was not even Justin Fields' fault. Like, where, in what world does it make sense that, that Trey Lance is going to go over that guy? Like, I just don't understand. I really don't understand, man. That's why you laugh at, at, at teams that, that overspend and take quarterbacks high. Like, it's, 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 it's very, very rare that you can find that real talent. And, I mean, you can, you can look at examples in every draft, I feel like, over the, you know, that you're going to find these guys where these teams will overspend on these quarterbacks and they end up flopping. I mean... The what the biggest one that comes to my mind is is, is JP Lawsman and like EJ Manuel. Oh you know, you got you got these guys like that, that they just take because they, they have such a need and they end up falling flat on their face. I mean, heck, you could go far as far back and look at Jamarcus Russell. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jamarcus Russell. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. you take yeah. him at the number one overall pick and he's the biggest bust in history. So it's such hit or miss and I'd rather if if I'm trading up to make to make a pick for a quarterback, I want to be sure that he's got the talent and he's got the intangibles. Yeah. Well, plus, like, I mean, when you ha- when you uh, you guys all know this, you know, we've seen Tom Brady for the last twenty years. When a quarterback comes in as your franchise quarterback, like he is your CEO, he's the guy that everybody watches in a press conference. He's the one that sets the tone on a weekly basis. Like, I would much rather have Justin Fields send that tone than Mac Jones. I mean, the guy who's had two DUIs, right? I mean, like, I, I just feel like Justin Fields is mature way beyond his years. Um, and for some reason, you know, he's falling. And I'm just praying to God that somehow he gets to the Patriots. And I've said this a few times already, Puma, but if the Patriots get him, pants off, okay? <laughs> yeah, great. Prove it. Whiskey in my eyes. <laughs> So, I mean, real quick, before we move off of this segment or just keep extending it out, like, out of this, these first-round quarterbacks, we're not going to look at Kellen Mond, even though I love me some Kellen Mond. Like, out of, you know, these top four, top five guys, like, who do you think is going to have the most success? And who do you think is going to be the bust? Like, who's going to be the Josh Rosen out of the group? Like, Jay, who, we'll start with you. Like, who do you think is going to be the best? Who do you think or have the most success? And who's going to be the, the Josh Rosen? The, t- the the quarterback's going to have the most success out of this field is the, the quarterback that goes to the 49ers, um, which, if it's to be believed, is Mac Jones. As, as much as I hate to say it, I do think Kyle Shanahan, uh, in his mind, believes that his system is superior. Um, and it was that Jimmy Grapple was always hurt and is the reason why they, they never really succeeded. Um, and then I think on the other end of the spectrum, I think Zach Wilson has bus written all over him. Like, I just, I just feel Zach Wilson gives off that Johnny Manziel vibe, and I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's just the money aspect of where he comes from. 
Uh, but the fact that he's going to a to an organization that's always you know in the dumps doesn't really know how to draft well. Yeah, obviously they've they made some changes you know up top in the at the GM spot and Robert Sala. But for some reason the Jets, I feel like it's going to be an uphill battle um, to to win it in New York. And coupled with the fact that Zach Wilson and I have character issues, I think he has the biggest uh, biggest plus probability. What about you, Burge? So uh, it de- it depends. Like in terms of like, are we going to talk about like numbers here? Because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a have a great season and great career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've surrounded with a bu- with a bunch of talent down there. Um, you know, they obviously like we talked about. They have their uh, they have their draft capital this year to to really uh, really go for it. Um, but in terms of winning, I, I got to agree with Jay. I think that whatever quarterback is going to go to the 49ers, if for some reason, he ends up getting into the uh, into the into the games this year is gonna is gonna really take that team far just based on the system, like Jay said with the with Kyle Shanahan there. Uh, in terms of bust, I obviously love me some New York Jets bust quarterbacks with Jack Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry, Zach Wilson. But I also think that uh, that Trey Lance uh, could very well be, mm-hmm. in, be in that category. You know, I don't think it's gonna matter where he fits. I think that just because he is so green and has to, uh, you know, really have some fine tuning to his game that, that it could very well end up being uh, Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I think Justin Fields, I, I think he could be the guy that has the most success out of this whole class. I mean, Jay, you were saying like for the longest time, it's always been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields head to head on everything. And, you know, I think, like you said, he's just getting Deshaun Watson I think he's going to land in a great situation. I, I still I think he's going to San Francisco, but let's say he falls and Carolina does a plot twist. Like he couldn't be in a better situation with all those weapons that are around him, and he's on a rookie contract. Like they can build around a Justin Fields type of character. Um, so I, I I like Justin Fields. I never thought I would live to see the day where I would say an Ohio State quarterback is going to yeah. have the most success out of a draft group. But like it's gotten to that point where me being one of the biggest detractors you could say when he basically fought through a jammed hand against Northwestern and then he takes that shot that he did against Clemson comes back after a quarter zone shot and just keeps spinning the ball and was grinding through it like that is stuff that that you need to be successful in the next level in the NFL like it's not going to be you know ticky tack super easy you're going to have to grind through games hurt and he showed mm-hmm. me a crap ton in that game so that's why I have him as the most successful. And Burge, I'm with you. And it just comes down to the greenest factor. Trey Lance screams bust to me right now. As much as I want to put it on the the jet blue nephew, um, I, I I just I can't with with about the same amount of starts as as Mitch Trubisky had at North Carolina. I just I just have PTSD. I think they're gonna rush him uh, to to start playing. He's not gonna be ready, and he's gonna fall flat on his face. I hope I'm wrong. We can we can put this on like old takes exposed, but that is what I am seeing from Trey Lance right now. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where like if if Justin Field ends up with the 49ers, I truly believe the guy's gonna be a superstar. And if Justin Field ends up with the Patriots somehow, like just lock it in. Three years from now, it's Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl win for the Patriots. Yeah, Justin Fields is good enough to even take some dead weight in Bellafort and take him to the championship. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Jay from the top rope. My God! Hey, look, if he's going to be a a superstar in New England, hell, 
Belichick will carry him like he uh, like Brady carried him in the first Super Bowl for that for that period of time. So you know what I mean? Like so. Question. You want to go there? You, you go there. Have, we can go there. The question I have is: Cam Newton's wearing number one. Justin Fields wears number one. So does Justin Fields have to go with a different number? And if it is, what number yes. does that come to wear? Yes. Twelve. <laughs> You fucking hater. You would say that. The troll's coming out. The troll's coming out. I'd I'd like to see like a number, uh, let's say like seven. I'd like to see seven in New England. I was thinking number two would be a nice jersey. Like a great little number two uh, Patriots jersey would be nice. That'd be solid too. That'd be solid too. Um, All right. Let's talk about some... uh, some trade up partners and some trade down partners. So, uh, laying it out for you guys, you know the top ten, or let's talk about the top fifteen draft order, and I'll really quickly recap for for the audience. We got Jacksonville at one, uh, New York at two, uh, San Fran at three, Atlanta at four, Cincinnati at five, Miami at six, Detroit at seven, Carolina at eight, Denver at nine, Dallas at ten, uh, the New York Giants at eleven. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at 12, the Chargers at 13, Minnesota at 14, and the Patriots at 15. So out of that group, uh, who do you guys see as potential trade-up and trade-down partners? New England and Detroit. (laughs) I think think New England – I I don't see – Miami's not trading down again. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris Greer, it sounded like a couple of days ago he was happy where they were at at six. And at six, you know, you can – possibly take either the Northwestern lineman if uh, Penny Sewell gets drafted by the Bengals. You can take Penny Sewell if he falls to you. You can take Kyle Pitts. You can take Jamar Chase. You're in the driver's seat at the skill position player and the offensive line spot, so I don't see them trading out. Detroit, you know, we got, you know, Campbell, the head coach, talking about biting kneecaps, and he seems pretty happy with Jared Goff uh, on his roster right now, and I hope so with how much they had to eat in a contract. So maybe Jared Goff's going to bite some kneecaps. They'll trade back. I think that's going to be a pairing. I don't see Denver trading down. I do not see them moving up. I honestly see Denver taking an offensive lineman or a linebacker. Um, so Detroit and New England, those are my two pairings. I think I think for me, I, I can see Atlanta, while it's not, you know, um, I don't think it's really going to happen, but I can see a situation where somebody gets desperate enough and calls Atlanta at four and says, here's a kitchen sink, let's talk, right? Um, I can see that happening and then moving further down at five. I think Cincinnati stays. stays. They got to get help for Joe Burrow. I think Miami stays at six. They got to get help. I think Detroit's interesting. Uh, Puma, you just said it right now. I think Detroit could be open to, um, you know, essentially uh, trading down. Um, and I think at that spot, both New England – could be interested. And I know you said Denver isn't interested in moving up, but I think Denver might be interested in moving up to number seven, just two spots up to try to buck that, you know, um, New England coming up and taking somebody at seven. Uh, moving further down, I think Carolina is set uh, with Sam Darnold, so I think they might be players to trade down. Um, there's some rumblings today about how Justin Fields might end up in Carolina. Um, Denver already talked about them. And then obviously the Patriots moving up. And then there's always this team from, like, deep in the draft that tries to make a push north. Um, and it's all always a little bit of a dark horse team because they get, they got to give up so much, but it has definitely happened. And for some reason, I feel like Pittsburgh is is, is going to be that dark horse team for me. I mean, we got Big Ben on well one more year, and he's probably going to retire. Um, they're going to need to look for the quarterback of the future. I wouldn't put it past the Steelers to somehow do some crazy shit and try to get up to take a take a quarterback. 
Yeah, for, well, for me, I'm, I'm kind of going to agree with all you guys about Detroit being uh, a likely candidate to trade down in this draft. I think, uh, like you guys said, I think Atlanta's set at four. I, like you said, Jay, I, unless they're, unless somebody's going to come in and massively overpay for number four, like we're talking like more than what San Francisco got, I think Atlanta's comfortable picking it for whether or not they go with a quarterback or Kyle Pitts. Uh, at that point, I think that uh, they're pretty set there. Bengals, like you said, they got to get the linemen for, or, or some help for for Joe Burrow. Um, Detroit's very interesting. I think they have to commit to Jared Goff, uh, given what they a ate in the uh, Matthew Stafford salary category, and you know what they're committing to Jared Goff in terms of money. Um, Carolina, I also see them as a uh, as a viable trade down partner, given they just gave up a, you know what a lot of people are calling an overpay for, for Sam Darnold. Um, so I think that they're pretty set. If somebody's going to come to them to look to get a quarterback, uh, they're a, definitely a viable partner. I think uh, Denver, Denver is a very interesting uh, team in this. I don't think they're sold on Drew Locke. So I think there's a very strong possibility that they're going to move up to try to get another quarterback. Um, the Patriots, obviously, you know, we've kind of hit that nail on the head that, they're a prime trade-up candidate, whether or not they do it. It's another story. Um, Pittsburgh's very intriguing. You know, will they come up and try to get their their quarterback of the future? Uh, I'm kind of on the fence on that. I think that they're, they're a prime spot for Najee Harris to land their desperate need of a running game there in Pittsburgh. So I think that's a potential landing spot for him. I'm not going to rule out the Chicago Bears doing something stupid and trying to get one of these quarterbacks. Because it's the Bears. Because mm-hmm. yes. it's the Bears, and, you know, they got Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback right now with no real future plan there. I wouldn't rule out something stupid coming out of the blue uh, with them to try to trade up to take one of these guys. Yeah. The team that I'm also going to keep an eye on is going to be Washington at 19. Um, they're they're yep. right outside that, you know, 15, 16, 17 range. And, you know, they obviously, Alex Smith retired. Dwayne Haskins was a bust. They've got Tyler Heineken on there. Uh, and it is Heineken. 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 It's Heineken, and he's on their roster, which, please, for the love of God, he's not a starting quarterback. He was a fun story hey, for a week or so. Hey, but put, they, put some respect on his they, name. No, no respect. No, no, he was no, the respect. best quarterback. No, no, he was the yeah. best quarterback Tom Brady played in the entire yep. playoffs. That's a 100%, 100% fact. Hundred percent fact. Do you hear yourself? Did you say he's better than Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees? Like, do you hear yourself? Yeah, and the tape. Yeah. Is he better? Is he better than Patrick Mahomes? Is he better than Patrick Mahomes? Out of the playoffs? Yes. Oh, here we fucking yes. go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh uh-huh. my god! Mahomes, come on now. Oh Hubble my Patrick god! Mahomes, come on now. Brandon, I cannot believe you said with a straight face that Tyler Haneke is better than Patrick Mahomes. We're watching the same game. The Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was inept, and we're just gonna we're gonna bail him out for the the bum foot and how he looked like Josh Allen 2.0 back there, short circuiting on the biggest stage running for his life because the offensive line was the same. But, like, let's be honest. Like, Taylor Haneke was playing better than Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron. He was playing better than Mahomes. He was the best quarterback that Tom Brady faced in the playoffs. That's a fact. Fact. 
I, I have no response to that. That's and that's no disrespect to Tom. I'm not pissed off for Tom's sake. I'm pissed off for Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes' sake. I will give you that he was better than Drew Brees because Drew Brees was a beat-up, you know, shell of himself. But to say that he played better than Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers had yep. a good game in the NFC Championship game. Like, I mean, stats-wise alone, it was a great game. Like I, I, I'm sorry. Like I don't get, I don't get caught up in the one game. Woo, great storyline for me. It's just like I want to just die off and we'll just let's move on to the next storyline. Just like, just like it was Garden Minshew a year and a half ago, where he had three good weeks and everybody's losing their goddamn minds. Like I hate those storylines where like everybody just loses their minds for no reason. You know. I mean, I'm just saying, Heineke got knocked out of the game, came back, and still almost brought that team to win gar- against Tampa Bay. I'll, I'll like, guarantee you that this: kid's got he stones. won't be he won't be the starting quarterback for the for the Redskins. I'm sorry, the Washington Football Team by Week Eight of next year. Yeah, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I honestly I'll, think I honestly put your money where your mouth is. Place the bet. Place the bet. Let's go. Week Eight, there'll be a different starting quarterback. I can see him starting. I can see him winning out the job. Whoever they bring in, maybe it might be a new kid. I can see him starting for the first, I would say, six, seven weeks. By week eight, it'll be somebody else. You think he's going to start over Fitzpatrick right out of the gate? No, I, think I think he will. Fitz has that job. I think Fitz has a job too. I think too, Fitz but... has that. I think Fitz has yep. it. No, I honestly think I honestly think for Washington because I've been thinking about this uh, this a lot. I, I don't see them mortgaging a whole lot to get like a Trey Lance if he starts falling, be- just because of how green he is. And I I don't I don't think Justin Fields is going to fall past three. I think Washington's going to get their priority in the first round is going to be linebacker because that was one of the weakest links on that mm-hmm. team <laughs> mm-hmm. was the linebacker position and then the offensive line because Brandon Sheriff uh, he got franchise tagged again. They're not going to tag him for a third time. He is going to be out the door next year, and he was one of the the mainstays on that offensive line. Uh, you know when Trent Williams was there as well too. But he's the lone guy, so you're going to have to start get, building around the offensive lineman. If you can get somebody, there's a kid out of USC that looked pretty good. He might fall down to nineteen. I think you could possibly pull the trigger on that, but I think Washington staying pat at nineteen. Linebacker or offensive lineman. Then they what's come your, back in the second or third round and get Kellen Mond. <laughs> what's uh what's your thoughts on number seventeen and Las Vegas? And the only reason I bring them up is because we all know John Gruden is a quarterback who so, with that being said, I mean, if, you know, Justin Fields starts falling, do you think maybe he starts killing Ancy and wants to move up and see if he can take a swipe at Fields? Mm, for me, for me, it's a no. Mm-hmm. I think he likes what he has in Derek Carr, and I know Derek Carr is coming to the end of his contract, and, you know, they had a potential out this year to get rid of him and move on, but they didn't take it. And they just got Marcus Mariota to restructure his contract there, and, you know, Again, we know what Marcus Mariota is, but he's still relatively young, you know, for being a quarterback. So I think if Derek Carr falters, I think they're they're happy to turn the reins over to to Marcus Mariota there. Because the what the the small sample size we had from Mariota last year in, in Las Vegas was pretty damn good. So I I, I can't see it. Maybe, maybe maybe they get stupid and they do something, but I, I can't see it. Yeah, and then yeah, further... I think John Gruden gets a little itchy, but I mean they just cut or traded almost every member of their offensive lineman in free yeah. agency. They need they need bodies to block for Derek Carr, or you're just gonna see uh Darren Waller the baller being in pass protection the whole season next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then as we move further down the draft, 21 Indianapolis, probably not. 22 Tennessee, probably not. Pittsburgh, where he talked about them. 25 Jacksonville, no. Cleveland, 26. Baltimore, 27, no. New Orleans at 28. Green Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tampa Bay. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, we're, we're probably, you know, as, as we get past pick 15 with the Patriots, there's not going to be much more of moving up and down from that point in my mind. Mm-hmm. You're talking minor moves at that point. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, you know. yeah, yeah. It's like move up one spot, one spot here, two spots here, just to get ahead of somebody to, uh, to right. really get their guy. But nothing earth-shattering guy for the Patriots in my in my book. Right. I'm agreeing That's with you. That's kind of where like the first round ends is after you know 15. One yeah. can make a case for 20 just because Chicago is Chicago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, Puma and Burge, if we somehow get to 15 and the Patriots trade out. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Not going to be good. Well, define define what wouldn't be good. Like, if you're talking they move back to, say, let's say they move back to, say, 27 with Baltimore there. Let's say they move back, and they take Kellen Mond at the very end of the first round. Is that going to bother you? I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. But but knowing Bill, he's going to want, like, you know, 19 seventh-round picks. For the next fourteen years, well, uh, I think that's okay. the that's coupon. The coupon joke. All right, that's, all right. That's that's where I'm I mean, it's a fact. Shit, you know? But 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 you let's be honest. Oh, you God. get the, you know, you get the you get the coupons. You get the RV's gift card. You get you get number twenty seven. Seven and nine season. We look absolutely atrocious. Need all kinds of talent on the roster. Bill Belichick seemed like you know what? I would love to have fourteen six rounders because that'd be wonderful. Listen, really wonderful. listen. All right there. All serious now. All right, let's say Justin Fields goes. They'd have no shot to get any of those guys. You trade back to, to well, even, we'll go even as far as, say, 31 with Baltimore. And they draft Kellen Mond there just for the sake of being able to have the fifth year option on the player. I would consider that a win. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would consider that a of win. I, yeah. I mean, I love Kellen Mond. And, and, and on top of getting additional. Second, third, fourth round picks out of that. To me, to me, that would be the best case scenario if they're unable to get Justin Fields. That would be the best case scenario if you had a GM that actually kind of hit on some of his draft picks. Oh yes. So, so you're saying so? So so you're saying Kellen Mond wouldn't be a hit? The guy who I loves Kellen Mond is not a hit. I loved. No, I'm not saying that. But it, like, if you're gonna trade back and get all these draft picks in like the third and fourth rounds, like you have to hit on those. Like, okay, so, I mean, so he I love back and he hits on two of them. He gets four of them, he hits on two of them. That's a win. Maybe. I don't know. Bill Belichick kind of been questionable as a general manager. Listen, I mean, hey, all listen, the listen, listen, you saw the gift. You, you saw get, the gift I sent you. Get, if you get Kellen Mond at 27, if you guys trade back for a bunch of third, fourth round picks and Arby's gift card, and you get Kellen Mond with the fifth year option, I love Kellen Mond. I, we saw his we saw his pro day and I get it it's it's scripted you're throwing in shorts whatever but like you can't ignore the arm talent and this guy can spread the field like he can he has a friggin' howitzer for an arm the guy's built like Cam Newton he has the same size if you wanted to do power running in the end zone like they did with against the Seattle Seahawks last year where they almost won that game you could certainly do that with Kellen Mond but it when you get all those draft picks. You, you gotta do some shit with them. Like, 
God damn it. Like, I'm not even a Patriots fan. I have no skin in the game. And I- I've gotten to the point where... Oh, shut up. You have skin in the we're game. Waiting. Get out of here. We're waiting. We're waiting. Like, you know, fucking SpongeBob sitting at the restaurant, you know, booth. Just sitting there waiting. Like, you, you, if you're going to do that, you got to hit. Well, the, o- the only way Bill Belichick trading out... Uh, like, if he trades in the second or third round, uh, no, absolutely not. But if he does trade... Like you said, into the late first round or even like really, really early second round and somehow walks away with Kelmond. That's the only exception is if we got Kelmond on our roster. Mm-hmm. Other than that, okay. there is absolutely no conceivable way you should be trading out of the 15th overall pick when you're coming off of a 7 or 9 year and you are devoid of talent on your fucking roster, okay? I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm going to be upset wow. if there's a trade back there and they don't get the quarterback. I will, I will be on your page on that and i will admit to that after next week when we do this after the draft now, now be, Birch, would you start you. would you start drinking whiskey if that no. happened no i don't damn drink it. whiskey i don't drink whiskey damn it unless you want <laughs> you want to see angry birds no whiskey i mean i i would be i would be pissed <laughs> i think that would be the perfect <laughs> excuse to start hitting some uh some bullet bourbon some some elijah whatever some listen some listen if I didn't have to work the next morning, maybe that would happen. Oh, but just have your sweat be eighty proof. Have your I can't do that. <laughs> my luck, my luck. I'd show up to work and I'd get popped with a freaking alcohol test. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> ah shit. Well, we want to no, keep but, you employed, Burge. Yeah, well, you got to pay the bills around here. All seriousness, though, like I want to see a trade up. If they're not going to trade up and they can't get a quarterback and they're not going to trade back. Micah Parsons would be a great fit right there. Get the next linebacker. I Jalen Waddle, if he's there, would be a great would be a great pick for them. And it would be maybe reverse the trend with Bill Belichick and his whiffing on wide receivers in the first round or in the draft in general. Um, well, well, maybe this year he should take input from his scouts. You know, not not be that hard ass that walks in on January and says, you know. Thank you for all the work the last three four months. Get yeah, the fuck yeah. out the door. I'll make my own my own my own picks right now. You know, I was listening to the to the ninety eight five this week. Uh, I think it was uh, Zolak and Bertrand, and they were talking about that. It might have even been today. Like, mm-hmm. based on Robert Kraft's comments, you know, a few weeks ago at the owners' meetings, you know, there's you know everything's different this year. Maybe maybe that's the case. I mean, you don't have Nick Casario here anymore to just you know bend the knee, so to speak. You got you got new people in there. They don't have the titles, but you got. I'm I, again, Jay. You and I have disagreed on Bill Belichick violently over the last few months, but I will not disagree with you about Bill the GM. I won't do it. Give him the chair, Birch. I won't do it. Here comes, I won't here, do it. Here comes the classic. Yeah, I can see that he sucks at this part of his job. No, but, you know. no, no. You got to evaluate independently. That's a discussion for another day. We can't keep going down this road. <laughs> I, I always just find it funny with Belichick. Like, I mean, he's the one guy in sports where he can be bad at 50% of his job. And the other fifty percent, he's adequate at, and you're everybody just loses their goddamn minds. It's I don't think it's hilarious. adequate. It's not adequate. He is, he is, very very good at that other fifty percent of his job. Uh, above adequate, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. I see where this is going. I'm not going there. I'm not taking. Going the where? We're just pointing out facts. What's wrong? Pointing out facts. Can we point out facts anymore on this podcast? I'm Tom Hardy. So in that's all bait. seriousness, that's bait. That's bait. Well, 
before we get off the goddamn rails, I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals at 16. Do we know what Larry Fitzgerald is going to do? Is he going <laughs> to nope. retire? Like, I mean, what, I, like well, well, I can see them taking a wide receiver. Well, wasn't there reports out there Larry Fitzgerald was looking to see if he can extend his career somewhere else? And then it looks like he got back from the market. Nah, not really. Nobody really interested. So... Uh, isn't he not retiring or is he coming back next year? Because I thought he was retiring. Uh, I thought well, I mean, he was retiring, but... Arizona did just sign A.J. Green there. Mm-hmm. They have Christian Kirk. They they have, you're right. I agree with you. They have Andy Isabella. They have Christian Kirk. They have DeAndre Hopkins. Do they need to extend themselves? I, I Personally, for me, I think Larry Fitzgerald has earned the right to play in Arizona as long as he wants to play. Yeah. Given what he's he has sacrificed for that team, sacrificed going elsewhere for that team. If he wants to come back and he can still play, they should give him a contract. Hmm. Well, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but there's not much left in that tank, man. Like I think I think you've gone as much as you possibly can out of him. You um, think so? Maybe maybe you bring him in as like. I don't know, maybe like that, that like lead in the locker room that really provides stability because he's been there for so long. I mean, I, I can see that role for him, but I mean, with the with the talent they have on the roster now, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, it's tough. I mean, I think he, he still, he still, I mean, he caught fifty four balls last year, mm-hmm. still, and fucking vulture fantasy football. I know, <laughs> I know. But, I don't know, man. You know, I find it hard that, like, if Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith falls to them at, at 16, that they don't pull the trigger on that. Like, I just I, – I find that hard. Like, yeah. I, will I, be- I, I will believe that when I see it. Yeah, you know, that, that screams a fit. That screams a fit there, especially well, with the young quarterback. Yeah, and, and not to get off topic here, but I just uh, Googled uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Julio Jones' name came up, and I want to gauge your guys' interest in some of those reports – that came out this morning about how Julio Jones is on the market and teams are calling about his availability. Do you guys buy into that, or is that just the same old story every single year? Because I feel like, for some reason, Julio Jones' name always comes up in the offseason. No, I, I think this time around, that actually has legs. Because, I mean, they can't trade him before, what is it, July 16th, whatever that cutoff date is. Because if they trade him before that cutoff date, it's like a $25 million cap hit. Wow. But if they do it after, it's fifteen million in cap relief. No, that th- that team is strapped for cash. I think they if they're gonna dump anybody, as bad as it sounds, like they're gonna they're gonna dump Julio Jones to to save their their salary cap. Yep. Let I, me ask I you think this. That actually has legs. Let me ask you this. What do you think he's worth on the trade market? Hmm. Definitely a second, right? Not a first. Uh, at least no, a second. I would say a second. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, granted what he was last year and, you know, he was hurt and all that. He's, he's still gotta beast. be, what's he, 32? Yeah, which is not bad he's, at all. Oh, send him, not, send him to San Francisco with Justin Fields and we'll see what happens. Oof. Oh, oh God. Oh, my God. He's Brandon got the history Ayuk, with Kyle Shanahan. Ayuk, George Debo Kittle, Samuel. Debo Samuel. Samuel. Oh, my oh God. Justin my God. Fields. Yes. It would, it would be yes. And there, and, and the 49ers cap, it, it, it's not that bad. Like I think that I, I have to look at it, but like just off the top of my head, I think like they could kind of swing that, maybe restructure a couple of contracts. But yeah, why not? Yeah. Like go all in. Well, he listen. He could you is, imagine that? Oh my god. Mm, yeah. That division, man. That division. My god. 
The best division in football. It's been that way for oh. years, man. It'll be even elevated even higher with that trade. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and I promise this is not a shot at Belichick, Burge, but like this is a guy who you give up a second for. Like I would not mind one bit if the Patriots went out and like gauge interest from uh, the Falcons, and if they take a second, do it in a heartbeat, man. Do it in absolute heartbeat because yeah, we have a good wide receiver room now, but it's like it's. It's just, it's just, it's just good. It's not great, right? I mean, I think Julio Jones can still add uh, a different uh, bit of uh, dynamic to to that room. No, I mean, if this team is really, I mean, obviously based on how free agency went for this team, you know, it's evident that they're trying to remain relevant and remain in in terms of competing for their division. A second round pick for Julio Jones would scream, slam, slam, mm-hmm. smash that button with that mm-hmm. trade. If it, it again, if that second round pick that they were to have to give up is going not going to impact their ability to go up and get the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But oh god, I'd smash that. I'd smash that. That'd be nice. That'd be real nice. And then we could finally figure out if it was Cam Noon if it was town around him. But you know, at the same time here, I think that I think that the Patriots are given what they, they did spend in in free agency on wide receiver, I gotta think that they're not done. Yeah. I mean, unless they're really content on going with the two tight end, three wide receiver sets constantly, especially with Edelman off the books now, you got to think that they're going to go out and, and, and do something in terms of getting. I would love, I would love this to come up on draft day, just kind of like Randy Moss did. Yeah, that kind of that that trick came up around the NFL draft. Yeah. Be kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah that'd be nice. Get yeah. him to restructure. Get him to restructure and do all that. Now that would be a chess, not checkers move. I'll, I'll give you that, you know. But oh, when God. when when Belichick plugs his laptop in the morning, that's definitely not chess, okay? Oh God! <laughs> Do you think he plugs it in or the dog plugs it in? Well, I mean, uh, I think Nike plugs it in. Well, Nike I mean, was pretty God. solid as a GM yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, but but with the amount of praise that we give Belichick, I think people would lose their goddamn God. minds if they realize he can actually plug his laptop in. Oh, God. did you see the uh, the method he used? Just one clean, swift motion into the laptop. <laughs> My God, we're really spiraling to this point. Jesus. Now, I got to ask this other question unrelated, unrelated to Bill Belichick. There's Thank you. been reports that Dave Gettleman is open to trading down wow. from, I think they're picking at 11. Like, can you well, guys see Dave Gettleman trading I cannot. Down? I cannot. I can't either. I can't. Like, death taxes Dave Gettleman standing pat. And he came out, what was, it might have been last week, where he was like, you yeah, know, I, keep presser, call- yeah. I, got, yeah. I got calls. And, you know, by the time they wanted to pull the trigger, the, the deal was no longer there. And it's like, well, you know, Dave, like, you were picking it second. You picked second. You picked six. You picked... Like you're telling me that people were, were were just waiting for time to go by and they, they never pulled the trigger on trading up to number two. I find that very hard to believe, Dave. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. listen, I think he's got to stick at eleven, and I think he's got to take you know a weapon for Daniel Jones because you know mm-hmm. Puma, I know you're a big fan of him, but I never will sell <sighs> on him, and so far he's not lived up to the hype. And I think this is a year you got to figure out what you got on Daniel Jones. You've got to give him as many weapons as possible to see if he is your franchise quarterback for for the long haul. Well, I like to think they they, they address that quite a bit before the draft here, don't you think? Kenny Galladay, you bring in Kevin Rudolph to go with Evan Ingram there. Like, 
He's got he's got quite a few weapons as it is to figure out whether or not he can do it or not. Well, I mean, like, let's say if, you know, Donald Devontae Smith is there 11 or even a Jalen Waddle. I mean, I would jump at that in a heartbeat, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I yeah. Trade out. Trade back. There's a trade back cannon right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can, you know, offer part ownership of the franchise to Dave, <laughs> you might do it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man! So who's gonna be that guy that gets uh, just throw just throw a name out there? Who's gonna be the guy that's attending the the green room on site in Cleveland and somehow starts falling and gets deep in the draft and it becomes a sad story? Because I feel like Justin Fields has that written all over him, doesn't he? <laughs> that's what I was thinking right there. He was gonna be the guy I was gonna say to you right there. Yeah. yeah nah, nah. Sad. He's gonna he's gonna be after. He'll be finishing his first cocktail when he gets called up at number three. Yeah. What if, what if there's a shocker? What if the, the unthinkable happens and, and Justin Fuel ends up in uh, in New York? That would be insane, wouldn't it? Oh, plot twist. New oh, York sports God. radio would be glorious. <laughs> the next day, everybody's like, oh, man, we're going to get Zach Wilson. He's going to have that swagger, that moxie, that persona that we haven't had since Broadway Joe was quarterback of the New York Jets. Stop it. Oh, if that happened, oh, good Lord. I might have to call out sick the next day just to listen to WFAN the whole day. Just to see everybody on suicide watch from Boomer and Geo all the way to Steve Somers when people are falling asleep at the wheel of the car. Oh. You remember when they were calling Sam Darnold Sammy Franchise? Sammy oh, Franchise, yeah. It's like, did we not watch the Rose Bowl? Did we not? Oh, or the, the Sugar Bowl, whatever it was. I remember. Oh, I, I, remember I had. A, I had a friend. Uh, you remember Ryan Sweeney, Puma? Yeah. 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 So he he with a straight face once said to me when they drafted Sam Darnold that Sam Darnold was the next Tom Brady, and I was like, bro, come on, man. I like the kid. I know he's good. Like, why are you making me say some shit about him now? Come on. Yeah. Uh, that's why. Well, that's why I think Zach Wilson has bust rating all over him, just because you know at the end of the day, like I understand the Jets have made some decent moves, but they're still the fucking Jets. Like I, I still think they're gonna they're gonna cock it up somehow. <laughs> I look forward to watching it. I've oh, been watching. Be I've been watching a lot of British like uh, Amazon series about like murder and I stuff. Can tell. So, so I've been <laughs> I've been dropping a cocking it up everywhere here. And there. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Now, one last thing before we uh, before we head out, Puma. So this morning, um, I was actually getting my coffee ready, and somehow I got the coffee into my coffee cup without spilling it. Yeah. Chess nut checkers. Oh, oh God! Oh! <laughs> not even one oh! drop. Not even one drop outside the cup. Absolute genius on my part. Wow! Wow! So for those of you that have Twitter, be sure to follow Pro Football Radio Podcast, you know, at Jay Chima, at Burge the Goalie, at Brando underscore Puma on draft day. And we're going to get hashtag chess notch checkers oh God. trending on Twitter. Oh, God. Burge, I expect I, your participation as a member of the team. Hell no. I am no. not participating in this blasphemy. Uh, okay. All right, God. Chief. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got the, we got the PFR army. Heading your way. God, light me up on draft day. Let's go. I want to see it. I can't wait. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. All right, fellas, we're at 65 minutes. Anything else you want to get to before we uh, call it a podcast? Nope. All I know 
is that the post-draft reaction is going to be glorious. I mm-hmm. can't wait. It's going to be great. All right, well, James, I was going to say, you prompting that was chestnut checkers right there. That was just Prom- beautiful. Prom- prompting what? The way, you, the way you prompted that, just being like, oh, you guys got anything else left to go here? Chestnut checkers. Got to love it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm a genius. Next level. You know, oh, mon- mundane tasks. Genius. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to go back episode- my head to the wall. <laughs> This episode of the Pro Football Radio Podcast and previous ones of the pod can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. I don't know how it works with the algorithm. I'm from New Hampshire. We just learned to carry the one in math class. So oh, somehow something something happens in the background with the algorithm when we get promoted up higher for people to find us. So leave a five star review and uh, let us know your thoughts on this pod. If you have a question, we'll definitely be uh, be sure to get to it uh, on the next pod. But be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast on the Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Burge the goalie is at Burge the goalie. We're also in the throes of hockey season. So be sure to follow Burge for anything Boston Bruins or also just to see him go hard in the paint on anybody at 98.5 talking shit about Tuka Rask. Tuka uh, is definitely, definitely worth the follow. Be sure to hit us up on social media. Our DMs are open. We would love to hear from y'all. One last thing before we go. Oh, here we go, Liz Taylor. Okay. <laughs> I just plug it up and I it's think, like, oh, oh. I think, I think purposely Bill Belichick went 7-9 last year. All to right, make Jay. sure he's at the 15th right, spot. So he can be in striking distance. Cut the Justin recording, Fields. damn it. <laughs> Chess, not checkers. Chess, I'm, not checkers. I'm literally Picarding right now. <laughs> Face palming. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Via Cardios!